Hi, this is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 26 of The Life of David Brainerd by Jonathan Edwards. He's discussing the conversion of his interpreter. I pick up with that discussion. His heart echoes to the soul-humbling doctrines of grace, and he never appears better pleased than when he hears of the absolute sovereignty of God and the salvation of sinners in a way of mere free grace. He has lately had also more satisfaction respecting his own state and has been much enlightened and assisted in his work, so that he has been a great comfort to me. After a strict observation of his serious and savory conversation, his Christian temper and unblemished behavior for such a length of time, as well as his experience of which I have given an account, I think that I have reason to hope that he is created anew in Christ Jesus to good works. His name is Moses Fizda Fautery. He is about 50 years of age and is pretty well acquainted with the pagan notions and customs of his countrymen, and so is the better able now to expose them. He has, I am persuaded, already been, and I trust will yet be, a blessing to the other Indians. July 23. Preached to the Indians, but had few hearers. Those who are constantly at home seem of late to be under some impressions of a religious nature. July 30. Discoursed to a number of my people and gave them some particular advice and direction being now about to leave them for the present in order to renew my visit to the Indians in New Jersey. They were very attentive to my discourse and earnestly desirous to know when I designed to return to them again. Cross Weeksung, New Jersey, August 1745. August 3. I visited the Indians in these parts in June last and tarried with them a considerable time, preaching almost daily, at which season God was pleased to pour upon them a spirit of awakening and concern for their souls and surprisingly to engage their attention to divine truths. I now found them serious and a number of them under deep concern for an interest in Christ. Their convictions of their sinful and perishing state were, in my absence from them, much promoted by the labors and endeavors of Reverend William Tennant, to whom I had advised them to apply for direction, and whose house they frequented much while I was gone. I preached to them this day with some view to Revelation twenty-two seventeen, And whosoever will 
Let him take of the water of life freely. Though I could not pretend to handle the subject methodically among them, the Lord, I am persuaded, enabled me in a manner somewhat uncommon to set before them the Lord Jesus Christ as a kind and compassionate Savior, inviting distressed and perishing sinners to accept everlasting mercy. A surprising concern soon became apparent among them. There were about 20 adult persons together, many of the Indians at remote places not having as yet had time to come since my return hither, and not above two that I could see with dry eyes. Some were much concerned and discovered vehement longings of soul after Christ to save them from the misery they felt and feared. Lord's Day, August 4. Being invited by a neighboring minister to assist in the administration of the Lord's Supper, I complied with his request and took the Indians along with me. Not only those who were together the day before, but many more who were coming to hear me, so that there were nearly 50 in all, old and young. They attended the several discourses of the day, and some of them, who could understand English, were much affected, and all seemed to have their concern in some measure raised. Now, a change in their manners began to appear very visible. In the evening, when they came to sup together, they would not taste a morsel until they had sent to me to come and supplicate a blessing on their food, at which time sundry of them wept, especially when I reminded them how they had, in times past, ate their feast in honor to devils and neglected to thank God for them. August 5. After a sermon had been preached by another minister, I preached and concluded the public work of the solemnity from John 7.37. And in my discourse, addressed the Indians in particular, who sat in a part of the house by themselves, at which time one or two of them were struck with deep concern, as they afterward told me, who had been little affected before, and others had their concern increased to a considerable degree. In the evening, the greater part of them being at the house where I lodged, I discoursed to them and found them universally engaged about their soul's concerns, inquiring what they should do to be saved. All their conversation among themselves turned upon religious matters, in which they were assisted by my interpreter, who was with them day and night. This day there was one woman who had been much concerned for her soul ever since she first heard me preach in June last, who obtained comfort, I trust, solid and well-grounded. She seemed to be filled with love to Christ, 
At the same time, she behaved humbly and tenderly and appeared afraid of nothing so much as of offending and grieving him whom her soul loved. August 6. In the morning, I discoursed to the Indians at the house where we lodged. Many of them were much affected and appeared surprisingly tender, so that a few words about the concerns of their souls would cause the tears to flow freely and produce many sobs and groans. In the afternoon, they being returned to the place where I had usually preached among them, I again discoursed to them there. There were about 55 persons in all, about 40 that were capable of attending divine service with understanding. I insisted on 1 John 4:10, Herein is love, etc. They seemed eager of hearing, but there appeared nothing very remarkable except their attention till near the close of my discourse, and then divine truth was attended with a surprising influence and produced a great concern among them. There were scarcely three in forty who could refrain from tears and bitter cries. They all, as one, seemed in an agony of soul to obtain an interest in Christ And the more I discoursed of the love and compassion of God in sending his son to suffer for the sins of men, and the more I invited them to come and partake of his love, the more their distress was aggravated because they felt themselves unable to come. It was surprising to see how their hearts seemed to be pierced with the tender and melting invitations of the gospel when there was not a word of terror spoken to them. There were this day two persons who obtained relief and comfort, which, when I came to discourse with them particularly, appeared solid, rational, and scriptural after I had inquired into the grounds of their comfort and said many things which I thought proper to them. I asked them what they wanted that God should do farther for them. They replied, they wanted Christ should wipe their hearts quite clean, etc. So surprising were now the doings of the Lord that I can say no less of this day And I need say no more of it than that the arm of the Lord was powerfully and marvelously revealed in it. August 7, preached to the Indians from Isaiah 53, 3 through 10. There was a remarkable influence attending the word and great concern in the assembly but scarcely equal to what appeared the day before, that is, not quite so universal. However, most were much affected, and many in great distress for their souls, and some few could neither go nor stand, but lay flat on the ground, as if pierced at heart, crying incessantly for mercy. 
Several were newly awakened, and it was remarkable that as fast as they came from remote places round about, the Spirit of God seemed to seize them with concern for their souls. After public service was concluded, I found two persons more who had newly met with comfort, of whom I had good hopes, and a third of whom I could not but entertain some hopes, whose case did not appear so clear as the others. So that there were now six in all who had got some relief from their spiritual distresses, and five whose appearance, experience appeared very clear and satisfactory. It is worthy of remark that those who obtained comfort first were in general deeply affected with concern for their souls when I preached to them in June last. This concludes episode 26 of Jonathan Edwards, The Life of David Brainerd. <laughs>